the Lake of the Ozarks' only community radio station. That's right, you've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. This is Happy Headlines. I'm the host, David Beach, bringing you good news and heartwarming stories to help you through your day. Even days like this. Here's today's story. From the Good News Network, vacations can be fun and relaxing, and you can travel. But I bet you never considered taking your vacation just to pick up trash. Stephanie Shamrowitz did. She had a month off from her job at a campus recreation center in Colorado and decided to spend 23 days picking up 126 bags of trash. She drove over 70 hours through Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, Texas, Louisiana, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and New York. And apparently picked up everything from urine-filled bottles to lawn ornaments. She said, I found a few fast food toys in a tire with a pair of cowboy boots in it. But she said her aim wasn't to shame, but rather to encourage people to do what they can. When I posted, it was never, this is disgusting, or we're awful. It was, hey, I'm cleaning up the city and keeping a positive light on it. I'm not going to be able to pick up everything, but if everyone starts picking up some on walks or runs, that's where the magic is. Collecting everywhere from 1 to 16 bags at a time, Stephanie was discouraged when she felt she wasn't doing enough. There was a place that had an ocean of trash and I pushed out four bags, but then I broke down because I realized how much there was and I felt like four bags didn't do anything. My monumental day was bag 100 in Ohio on day 16. I dedicated that to my parents because they raised me to be this independent person and had been very supportive on the trip. People donate $10 a bag for Stephanie to clean up in their name, which she uses for lodging and gas. The person's name was written on how many bags they donated towards and Stephanie posted a picture on her Instagram when they were filled thanking them for helping clean up the city she's in I've been to 23 national parks in the US so me cleaning up this litter is a huge thank you for all the joy and good times national parks and nature in general has brought to my life yeah that's pretty well done and pretty impressive and definitely a happy headline thank you Stephanie and thank you for listening stay happy stay healthy and find a way to make someone's day. Start 2023 outright. Learn evidence-based health and wellness, conflict resolution, tools, and accomplish peace. Learn growth mindsets. Learn to take action and be accountable. Learn to grow from life's challenges. You'll hear six speakers, three virtual and three in person. You'll receive a Scrum Master ebook, Encompass Purpose 2.0 book, a gift certificate for complimentary coaching, Peace Fire and Two Fire training, be beverages and finger foods, all for $49. On January 19th from 1 to 4.30 at Encompass Purpose in Max Creek. To reserve your spot, please call 573-286-5625 or email at encompasspurpose at gmail.com. I'm 
Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. College hoops last night. Mizzou stays perfect on the season. They're 8-0 after a big win at Wichita State. So the Tigers 8-0 now. They will next play on Sunday at home against Southeast Missouri. MSU Bears 3-3. They're busy tonight on the road at Illinois-Chicago. As far as high school basketball goes, Lake TV has whole lot of high school basketball for you coming up. First game of the year on Lake TV will be Thursday, December 15th for sales at home to Smith Cotton. Monday, December 19th, Camdenton at home against Osage. Watch those games on Lake TV. Chiefs 9-2 and on the season with a big road game coming up Sunday. A take on the 7-4 and Bengals, a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game, of course, won by Cincinnati in a comeback. The Bengals have won three in a row and five out of six, so they are getting on a roll now. As for college football, Mizzou Tigers knock off Arkansas last week, so they're 6-6 six and six and bowl eligible. The Tigers will... Figure out where they're going bowling this weekend. St. Louis Blues will be busy tomorrow at home against the Hurricanes. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including the Community Spotlight Show every day at 902, 302, and 702. Community Spotlight Show, where you get to know local leaders better. Find out where they came from, how they got to where they are, all of that on Lake TV. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, don't worry. You can watch Lake TV absolutely free on Roku, Amazon Fire, and streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part by Skelton Key and Lock. When you're locked out of your home, car, or business, every second counts. You need to be sure that the company you choose will answer the call and get to you as quickly as possible. Skelton Key & Lock offers reliable service, reasonable rates, and they're recommended by everyone. They can cut and program new keys and fobs. They can install new locks on your home, business, or rental property. If you can stick a key in it, chances are it can be serviced by Skelton Key & Lock serving the entire lake area. Key Gathering Place is a special kind of community center. The serving table makes community meals twice every week. Birthday parties, wedding receptions, or simple gatherings of friends. We have space for meetings and events too big for your living room. Whether you need the patio or our sunroom or our main hall seating 60 with tables, we've got you covered. Our rates are flexible and less than you might think. We make space for your idea to serve the community www.keygatheringplace.com
thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process. 89.3, The Key. Broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. We are looking for a high today of only about 42 degrees. We enjoyed a beautiful day yesterday, so much so. Turned the heat off in the house and uh, took the opportunity to you know, kind of leave the door open and maybe air the place out a little bit. Hey, who's coming in? Hi, how you doing? Nice to see you. There you are. <laughs> Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Good to see you. Thank you. 42 for the high, plenty of sunshine, and come here, lightning. 25, uh, the low with a partly cloudy sky. We are uh, looking for some uh, cooler temperatures today, but don't worry, folks. As we get into the month of December, we'll start off with plenty of sunshine and a high of 51. Cloudy, windy, and 62 on Friday. Partly cloudy back uh, up to a high of 42 on Saturday, and then clouds in 49 on Sunday. I'm just trying to pick the right day to... Get rid of those leaves. I think Friday's supposed to be, what, 60-something again? Yeah, 62. Right? Yeah. Mostly cloudy and windy. <laughs> Love South, Missouri. southwest wind at uh, 20 miles per hour. Now, down in the, uh, I guess, southern United States, southeastern United States, uh, they've already had some severe weather move through the area. I, I, I thought I heard them say that somewhere in the neighborhood of about uh, 25 tornadoes were reported down in that area and you know those folks they always get blasted it seems year round doesn't really make any difference and i'm waiting for people to come out and uh, blame it on uh, you know global warming global warming i didn't know this was tornado climate change though. huh it's climate. yeah now they called it what did they what they started calling it climate weirding or something of this climate nature Climate weirding yeah you know it's just okay it's just you know it changes so we okay. got to call it something different when okay. it doesn't fit our narrative okay. well uh, and, and here's an interesting fact I heard. I was watching uh, the, the news yesterday afternoon, and somewhere in the neighborhood of four to 500 people had died or, or, or died in the process of building this facility where they're playing the World Cup uh, soccer games. I guess it's over in, well, some people call it Qatar. Other people call it Qatar. And so I guess it's whatever school of thought you uh, subscribe to there. It's kind of like Missouri and Missouri. It's Missouri. You don't say Missi- I, you don't say Mississippi, do you? No, I I don't. I say Missouri. Thank you. I'm just saying. Some people say Missouri. I know. <laughs> it's like you know, right down central, right through the middle of the state. Everybody to the east says soda, and bag, and to the west it's pop and sack. Huh. Well, I grew up on the east. I guess I've always said soda. Okay. That's all right. Yeah. So anyway, it just yeah, kind of yeah. depends on where you're from. And, yeah. you know, there's there's an interesting uh, way to start the show. But, uh, you know, various uh, things, various uh, phrases and terms that we use here in the state of Missouri to describe things. Some people say, now, if you're from St. Louis, you wash your clothes in the zinc. <laughs> or you <laughs> wash your dishes in the zinc. Yes, I've always heard zinc that before. That was yeah, something that we did at uh, my grandma's <laughs> house. We washed <laughs> the dishes in the zinc. Yeah, right. Anyway, Ike Skelton is here, the uh, presiding commissioner of Camden County. 
<sighs> and I talked yesterday with your uh, par- partner in crime, Matt Burns. Okay. Yeah, cool. And so uh, we're going to work on getting you guys back on keyboard. Yeah, I talked to him last night, and um, we're gonna. I think we're going to do something this weekend. Yeah, well, uh, y- you guys can do what you want, but yeah. I, I offered the opportunity. I said, you know, I know both of you are busy, and you've both been busy. Matt was running for school board, ran for sure. the Republican Central Committee, and he is on the Republican Central Committee. Of course, you were running for presiding commissioner, so uh, that's very time-consuming, you know, because you got to get out and do all the shake and howdy and meet and greet. And, and find out what's on people's minds. Yeah. You take office in January. Yeah. And you've got a good uh, working knowledge. And and so, uh, again, maybe a bit of an update today, because I know you've been involved yes. with learning the process and talking to the people uh, that, you know, work out of the courthouse. They're all scattered all over the place now, but eventually they'll be back. Sure. Uh, and so, you know, how's that going? What, 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 what things have you been doing to kind of familiarize yourself with the job up to this point? Well, I've sat in just about every budget meeting we've had so far, and they had a good one yesterday, the first, uh, uh, one of the first public meetings where we discussed the entire budget, where all the revenue comes from and uh, some other things. And um, uh, so we have been involved in all of that for sure, and we'll have a final budget. Uh, statute requires uh, the new incoming uh, presiding commissioner to sign the budget, so we're going to have to wait until uh, mid-January. Uh, we'll have a we've got a meeting scheduled. I think it's the 16th, but don't hold me to that date. But we got a meeting for the final budget meeting, and um, I'll have to sign that, and we'll we'll discuss it then. What's going over in, in public? Um, so I've been very involved in that, and uh, we really worked hard on getting uh, some money bumped up into road and bridge, um, as we've discussed. And uh, thankfully, everybody else pretty much in the county has stayed really flat. They've just uh, kind of froze their budgets. They're able to conduct whatever business they need to, to conduct uh, uh, from what they did last year. So we're very thankful for that, uh, everybody working with us. Uh, been involved with some of the things going on with Verigi and the reconstruction, not as much as I want to. I'm going to take a better look at that uh, next week. I've still got a couple of big projects uh, at the lock shop that I've got to deal with, finish up. We're doing, uh, was it St. Patrick's Church up in uh, the Laurie area? Right. Uh, we're doing the shrine up there in that whole church and the rectory and the church out on O Road, and they've got one in Versailles as well. Uh, that's been a pretty big project that we've been involved in for, uh, it's been going on a couple of years now, but we finally got all the bugs worked out of everything. So uh, I got a couple of those things to work on, and then I'm pretty much going to involve myself every day over at the commission office. Um, the uh, uh, the White House, as they call it, it's being torn up right now. They're getting some new flooring and some carpet and things in there. Um, so you're right. Everything is a little bit of a mess. Um, I don't know. I will have to tell you, I do not believe we're going to be back into the building um, as uh, scheduled in, in sometime in December. I just don't see that date happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know Jenny's been on and talked about the Verigi contract a little bit, and I have to tell you, um, I'm a little, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm not quite sure what to say about that contract, but it's a mess that they let that happen, to be honest with you. It, it, there's, uh, uh, well, Jenny's pointed out the problems with it. I don't need to go over it again. Uh, but there are a lot of problems with that contract and, and the way well, they did things. So, is that something that you um, will uh, plan on uh, addressing? Well, I, yeah, I uh, want to set up and go have a tour of what they've gotten done so far. Next week, I intend on setting that up and probably bringing Jenny with. Um, she's an expert on, on contracts and how those things run. So I think if... Um, 
And, you know, folks are asking questions, so I need to go see exactly what's going on Mm -hmm. and uh, find out where we are. So I'm going to go do that and uh, get a little better idea. But, you know, uh, a contract's a contract, and... um, you know, when uh, construction is halfway done, that's not the time to uh, to try to get you know some some good things back into the contract that the county really needed. So right. uh, I doubt that they would agree with some of those things. So we're going to have to figure out how to get through it, um, get things done, make sure that uh, it stays on budget the best we can, and uh, stays on track better than maybe what it is. They have found some problems uh, with uh, with the plumbing issue. The, you know, the old clay it had the old clay piping in there, and that's just not going to work. So they've right. had to dig all of that out. That was something a little bit above and beyond, I believe. Um, so there's a few unexpected things that maybe are going to slow, uh, the process down, but we'll check that out and get a better update and see if we can't get them, uh, get them lined out a little better than they have been and, and try to get this uh, thing accomplished. Other than that, you know, <clears throat> what I find is, um, there's been a lot of things talked about for a long time and, um, even some of the things that I thought would might be a great idea, uh, they've kind of been tried in the past, but there's never been any follow through. Right. Uh, you know, they'll do a little study on something. <clears throat> Labor is what I'm thinking of mostly. They'll do a little study on something and then, um, and then, okay, this sounds really good. And then it just dies there. You know, they don't do anything with it. So, um, so that's kind of one of the biggest things I want to do is, is try to, uh, have some follow through on some of the great ideas that various people have uh, to get uh, the county in a better position. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, David. Good morning, Mr. Paisley, who will be joining us in the nine o'clock hour. Uh, that might very well be uh, his wife, Karen, listening to us as well. Good morning, Joe, Bobby Lee, Jerry, uh, also uh, Rick, who says there. Uh, there's two ways to pronounce Camdenton. There's Camdenton and Camdington. Camdington, I've heard, and I've also heard Caminin. I've, I've not heard that. I've, I've heard, heard uh, I've heard various uh, ways of pronouncing Camdenton. <laughs> so, uh, Rick, you are absolutely correct. CJ and Dave, good morning. Harry, good morning to you. Sean, hello. <coughs> Don Akers Jr., good morning, sir. And uh, Judith Tezak, Judy Tezak, good morning, Judy. Working hard out there at the free store, getting that up and running. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, we are, are are so very fortunate to have the individuals in this community that we have who dedicate their time to uh, things like the free store where people can go to get things that they need and also to uh, work on uh, getting assistance to, uh, you know, maybe pay a utility bill or get some help with a vehicle. And the uh, free store out there, uh, what a great uh, great facility it is. I believe it is on business North Business 5 in Camdenton. Also, a uh, shout-out to Dugan's this morning. I have my uh, my wonderful... Dugan's hoodie that I uh, picked up yesterday, courtesy of my my pal, my buddy, my partner in crime, Delta. And uh, this is a nice hoodie. And uh, I, I tell you, like I said earlier, when we put the camera in, you know, if you'd like me to wear your your company logo for day, the shirt, whatever, you know, get to Skelton Key and Lock. In oh, here. yeah, all right, then. We'll do that or, or any of the other folks out there that have a business and you'd like a little free PR. I've got this nice billboard. <laughs> it's called My Chest. <laughs> and uh, I'd, I'd be happy to uh, to wear your 
your company logo and give you a shout out, and maybe you could uh, reciprocate with a a nice little donation to Key Radio. We certainly appreciate it. It is not required. No, it is not necessary. I'd still because I think it's important for us to do what we can here locally to promote our local businesses. We talked about Small Business Saturday, and we talk about shopping local, 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 and uh, like the folks over there at Nick's True Value Hardware that are uh, helping out with the Candyland promotion with uh, the Lake Ozark Rotary, and there's also a tree over at the Tri-County YMCA. But anything we can do to promote local businesses, I'm all about it. So uh, 2X, 2X, I can say 2X now. This shirt that I'm wearing, the sweatshirt that I'm wearing is actually a 3X. A little bulky. Oh, yeah. Too much going on here. Hey, how you doing? Uh, (laughs) Anyway, but, um, yeah, local, local, local. We want to be all about that. Do folks uh, maybe know how, you know, key radio works and public radio versus uh, a private radio or commercial radio? Dave Vincent, you got it, by the way. We uh, we really can't... uh, uh, I mean, you, you advertise, but you don't charge advertising rates like a commercial radio station. Yeah. It really kind of works on uh, donations and contributions. So um, you get the you, know. you get a, and and I will say after being in commercial radio for a long time, uh, it's tough sometimes for people to advertise because, like any other business, radio stations, television stations, any form of media, they have to raise their rates much like other companies that do things in order to uh, survive, to be able to pay their employees a decent wage, uh, in some instances provide uh, benefits. Uh, But, you know, it's it's like anything else, and, and we merely ask for... Uh, donations. And so uh, as far as that goes, you can always talk to Bill Munhausen. He's the money man. He handles all that good stuff. But if you need information, holler at me because we want to build up. And and one of the things I will say that we have not done, and that is had more of a presence in the community. And that's something that we're going to be doing in 2023. Bill Munhausen and I are going to sit down. We're going to plan some events. We've got an event that we're working on for the month of January to get people together. It's probably going to be out of the key gathering place. Uh, toward the end of the month of January. I know Brad Berg has got his event going on on January the 19th out at uh, his facility, the Encompassed Purpose facility there in Max Creek. But uh, we didn't want to step on his toes. But certainly, we are all about promoting local businesses. And uh, much like everybody else, we need a couple of nickels to rub together to keep the power on and do other things. We're fortunate, I I will say, very fortunate in the sense that we have developed such a great relationship with SRG Financial Advisors that they have have really helped us out. Bill, Janice, uh, the LaCasses, everybody here at SRG Financial Advisors have been so wonderful. Uh, number one, to allow us to use a studio. Number two, the SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in-studio live cam. Uh, they have provided that for us, and they are big supporters of, of Key Radio. And, and, and I can't thank them enough for their generosity, their hospitality. I know when you come in, somebody's always there to yeah. greet you, whether it's uh, Janice or Aubrey. Uh, maybe Christopher, possibly Bill, maybe even Dan. Dan's in the back. He does a lot of the IT stuff, and then he's working on helping out with the financial advisor end of things. But uh, just a, a whole mess of really great folks. 
And a good morning to you, my friend Chris Schneider over there at Lake TV, who provides us with that uh, sports that you hear every morning at the top and bottom of each hour. And uh, just real quick, uh, Chris, I was talking with uh, with Brendan Matthews. Of course, he's the sports director over at KRMS. And uh, he and I both had a chance to watch the uh, uh, the great special that you did on the Shore family. And uh, what a great job, sir. Well done. And uh, you're absolutely right. God is good. So with that being said, you know, uh, any local businesses out there who would like to jump on board and help us out with our mission, we are more than happy to uh, sit down and work with you and uh, give you a lot of exposure right here on Key Radio. Yeah, and I just thought of something, uh, kind of a, you mentioned being out in the community. Uh, with these podcasters they have now, you hook up batteries to them, and you have an SD card, so you can go out on the street with a microphone hooked to one of these podcasters and record an interview. So maybe uh, a, a man-on-the-street sort of thing just popped into my head, you know, have some sort Certainly. of a, a man-on-the-street podcast or something, you know, and just uh, uh, stand somewhere with a big old sign that says Key Radio and, and uh, see if people come up and you ask them a few questions and and do, do some interviewing this what do you think about yeah that? exactly right yeah no, how do you feel real. about this for how do you real. feel about that come on folks don't yeah. don't hide behind social media get out there and let your yeah. voices be heard tell us who you are tell us what's on your mind yeah, and try you can a do different that anytime we're here right five seven three six three three yeah call in Mike's here he's going to be taking over in january what are some of the uh, issues that uh, concern you as uh, taxpayers as citizens of camden county heck even folks who live in miller county or morgan county that's something i'm glad you brought that up because that's something i really want to do uh once i get into offices i want to work with miller and morgan county and i was at benton on the other end i want to work with those counties a little bit more closely lead uh, county to the yeah, south lead county sure uh certainly everybody that's touching the lake uh to just kind of um you know just just have a little more uh, just a better relationship on how things go and and maybe coordinate some efforts in the future that we may have to coordinate and and uh, make sure we have a good line of communications i've already talked with uh, uh some folks over in uh um uh, don abbott over in uh uh, Miller County, and and we think an awful lot alike on a lot of different things. So um, that'll be a good, good, uh, good thing to do. I'm going to get with those folks and just sit down and talk with them. Well, you know, at least once a month or something. You know, like anybody who wants to get into a new job, you are obviously going about it the right way in the sense that you are trying to meet with as many people as possible, not just people that are directly involved with the courthouse, but people who are everyday average citizens and if you have a uh, a meeting or an organizational get together you might reach out to Ike and ask him to come sit in and uh, and, yeah. and and he can get some more ideas and, and mm-hmm. talk some more things about what's up uh, absolutely you know one thing that's driving me nuts that I have found out um, in these last uh, couple of months is how um, how poor it, it seems our bidding structure is. In other words, you know, we, there are certain uh, equipment and so forth that we have to actually ask the community or whatever to to put a bid on who wants to provide X Y Z for us. Right. And uh, it seems like an awful lot of times we're getting one response. Uh, we've put out a bid for flooring for redoing flooring in, in a part of the courthouse, and I'm told we've gotten no bid responses, which I find that kind of fascinating, unless everybody is that busy. Um, so I want to look at how we do the bidding process, because if all we're doing is the very bare minimum, which is put a notice in the newspaper, um, 
that's just not that just doesn't cut it much anymore. Not to take anything away from newspapers, but I think that we can all honestly agree that newspaper readership has gone down dramatically in the last I don't know what ten twenty years, what have you, you know. So well, yeah, sure. Most uh, newspapers so, yeah. are, are are online now. Yeah, they're I mean, yeah, you they're, know you look at uh, some of the major players, USA Today, the New York Post, Washington Times, yeah. Washington Post. Uh, the New York Times, uh, you know, any of the major newspapers are doing a lot of their business these days online because that's where people are at. So, right. you know, even here locally, we've got, uh, you know, the uh, Lake Sun Leader is online. Uh, LakeExpo.com is online. So uh, you look at these various outlets and they're trying to reach the masses any way they can and keep the drive alive. So uh, it's very important. And then, you know, uh, every form of media, TV, Radio, uh, they're all doing things online these days, so it's uh, uh, definitely something worth uh, checking into. Yeah. Let us uh, head to the phone lines. As you heard, the Key Radio Community Hotline up and running this morning at 573-633-5395. And good morning, caller. You are on Key Radio. What's up? Hey, what's going on, fellas? A good program so far. Thank you. Good morning. Yeah. So... You know, Ike brought up some good points uh, with the bidding process, and uh, that failure also was part of the, um, if you remember, the planning and zoning, uh, the, um, what is it, the land use code, and they talked about how it was so transparent and whatnot, and they used the same type of process where basically it was just a a newspaper notice. Mm -hmm. And... That needs to change. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sean Cobra, I saw he had a uh, a comment there about man-on-the-street interviews, but the county can't record. I mean, that's exactly right. They need to get that recording system going uh, as soon as possible. And hopefully, Ike, that's something that you can bring in there. Now, Colin, let me me ask you a a quick question here, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, one of the... Entities in our county government does record their meetings, and that is that uh, planning and zoning. Planning and zoning has got it set up very well. They uh, they do the whole nine yards, and we're going to start doing that as soon as we get back into this new courthouse. Uh, we're going to be online. We're going to be. Uh, uh, you should be able to just watch it online as live. And um, I don't know about how we're going to record or whatever as far as maybe we'll have a YouTube channel or something of that nature. And uh, if we do, I've talked to some other um, some other commissioners about this, and what they'll do is they'll have a YouTube channel, uh, but they'll cut the comments off. Uh, so you can watch, you can listen, um, you just can't comment on, on what's going on, and I guess they're there for in perpetuity um, as, a, as a public meeting. So, yeah, we're definitely definitely going to be doing that, for Fortunately, sure. Fortunately, we have Dave Malpin available, yes. and uh, among the dogs. He's a good, he's a, that's good. Uh, Make yeah. sure you're checking out Dave's blog, and yeah. uh, he doesn't cover just Camden County Commission meetings, uh, school board meetings, special road district meetings. Right. You never know where the guy's going to show up. Sure, sure. So, yeah, Matt, we're definitely going definitely yeah, to do that. Okay, I think that's great. I know that's one of the things that your campaign, you know, made a big issue of was making sure that that uh, was in effect, and I, I know you'll do that. The other two or two or three issues, uh, roads, 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 that was a big uh, central theme of your campaign and is still probably the overriding uh, number one problem that we're facing here and the, the roads and the road budget has been neglected for a long, long time. And I know Ike and James uh, have both worked on that pretty hard in the last couple months uh, to get that road budget up significantly. Yes. So 
Uh, that should help. I, I do think there's some inflation that's going to uh, kind of maybe beat down some of your gains, but uh, hopefully you can continue to keep doing that. The other two things I wanted to ask Ike is if you can talk about, it seems like the, the, the situation with the courthouse remodel, uh, we're not going to be back in there in time. Uh, a lot of people projected that we wouldn't be back in there in time. And it's very common for government contracts to have uh, something in place where if you don't finish on a certain date or a certain amount of time, uh, you start becoming penalized as the contractor. And so that's the motivation factor for you to get that done. I don't believe that's part of this contract. Why was that left out? Do you know? Well, I'll tell you what, caller, we're going to get to that on the other side of the break. So if you wouldn't mind, give us the other topic that you're concerned about, because I have to break here at the bottom of the hour and uh, we'll address those as soon as we get done with our bottom of the hour break. So uh, what, what else was on your mind there? Courthouse. Go ahead. Okay, the other issue, the, the other thing is uh, there's a lot of talk about this new road going in or this new highway around Camden, and I know it's been brought up, uh, no sidewalks and all of that. I don't know a lot of the details of that. If I can kind of break some of that down of what the pros and what the negatives mm-hmm. would be because I, I, I'm really – need to find out more information on that sure yeah we can talk about that you bet hey listen i appreciate your phone call this morning matt and uh we're going to get uh, back with uh, matt and ike and uh, get that uh, burns nation uh Bur- yeah, is it BS, Bur- bs nation the bs nation back on uh, key radio here in uh, the coming weeks so uh, please folks be listening for that and we are going to do a much better job of promoting their program for them as well Eight thirty-two is our time we've got happy headlines we've got chris schneider with a check of sports we've got more time for you to join us and talk with the next presiding commissioner of camden county that would be ike skelton he's in the studio till the top of the hour professor jim paisley joins me this morning with a history lesson at nine ten, and we thank you for listening to the daily show and key radio This is Happy Headlines. I'm the host, David Beach, bringing you good news and heartwarming stories to help you through your day. Let me know what's working. I'd appreciate it. Here's today's story. Travel has been limited during the pandemic, and there's a lot of homesickness out there. People have been homesick in the past, and the story of one guy who went to great lengths to cure his homesickness is back in the news. Brian Robson was 19 and living in Melbourne, Australia, but he was really missing his homeland of Wales, so he came up with a plan. He crawled into a crate so he could get airmailed to Cardiff. Paul typed up the appropriate freight paperwork, and his friends secured a 3x3x2 wooden crate and made sure it had air holes in it so Brian could breathe. He curled up inside the box with only a bottle of water, an empty bottle, for obvious reasons, the article says, a pillow, hammer, flashlight, and a small bag, and he thought he was settling in for a 36-hour journey to the UK. But what they didn't consider was what would happen if the crate were put on the wrong flight. After nailing the lid closed, his sidekicks marked the box fragile and this side up. But as many of our best laid plans, the box would take a major detour. Brian soon found himself being handled with anything but care. The three-day trip turned into a marathon five-day odyssey, 24 excruciating hours of which he spent upside down. When the mostly numb Brian finally landed, he thought he was in London, but he actually had been routed to Los Angeles, where he shined the beam of his flashlight through a hole, alerting a worker. Although severely dehydrated and pretty banged up, he was released from the confines of his crate, and he was delighted to have survived the journey. Why is he in the news again? 
Well, he wants to track down those guys that helped nail him in the box. The trouble is he can't remember their last names or where they came from in Ireland. He's even tried writing to them, but they never wrote back. Hopeful for a reunion, he says he hopes to meet them again, and that he misses them, and that he'd like to buy them a drink. Yeah, I thought I'd do my part to help out, just in case they're listening to Happy Headlines. You are, and thank you. This is Happy Headlines. Stay happy, stay healthy, and find a way to make someone's day. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Creation Expo. Imagine this. Jesus finds two fishermen casting their nets and says, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they drop their nets and follow him. Then Jesus runs into another fisherman, John. But instead of following Jesus, John says, I believe in your ministry, Jesus, but I operate a profitable fishing business and have a life and responsibilities. I'll stay here, but I'll serve you by telling all my clients the good news. Is this John a follower of Jesus? The obvious answer is, of course not. Staying behind is pretty much the opposite of following, no matter how you spin it. The gospel is not just believing, it's doing the will of the Lord. Jesus' words are recorded in John 14, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. We can be a little conflicted about Jesus' message, being so involved with church activities and such that we forget Jesus' commandment to go into the world and make disciples. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. College hoops last night. Mizzou stays perfect on the season. They're 8-0 after a big win at Wichita State. So the Tigers 8-0 now. They will next play on Sunday at home against Southeast Missouri. MSU Bears 3-3. They're busy tonight on the road at Illinois Chicago. As far as high school basketball goes, Lake TV has a whole lot of high school basketball for you coming up. First game of the year on Lake TV will be Thursday, December 15th for sales at home to Smith Cotton. Monday, December 19th, Camdenton at home against Osage. Watch those games on Lake TV. Chiefs 9-2 and on the season with a big road game coming up Sunday. They take on the 7-4 and Bengals, a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game, of course, won by Cincinnati in a comeback. The Bengals have won three in a row and five out of six, so they are getting on a roll now. As for college football, Mizzou Tigers knock off Arkansas last week, so they're 6-6 six and six and bowl eligible. The Tigers will figure out where they're going bowling this weekend. St. Louis Blues will be busy tomorrow at home against the Hurricanes. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including the Community Spotlight Show every day at 902, 302, and 702. Community Spotlight Show, where you get to know local leaders better. Find out where they came from, how they got to where they are, all of that on Lake TV. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, don't worry. You can watch Lake TV absolutely free on Roku, Amazon Fire, and streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Key Radio is a nonprofit radio station that works with local residents in the Lake of the Ozarks community. Our goal is to provide a positive platform for content that addresses a variety of topics while also giving people the opportunity to find out more about what's going on in our own backyard. Key Radio uses donations to bring you all of the information. 
So, if you like what you hear and you'd like to help us continue our mission, please reach out to us at keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. Businesses, individuals, and content providers power the programming that you hear on Key Radio. To inquire about making your tax-deductible donation, go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio or call 573-280-0532. 573-280-0532. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. Bikers Against Child Abuse, BACA, exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children to not feel afraid of the world in which they live. We stand ready to lend support to our wounded friends by involving them with an established, united organization. If you'd like to know more about BACA, please visit our website at bacaworld.org or call one 866 abuse helping out the community is as simple as joining the key radio team right now key radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the lake of the ozarks the job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission you decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do sales experience is preferred but isn't required we need you and so does our community contact bill munhausen at 573-280-0532 key radio k-e-y-k is an equal opportunity employer it's your daily dose of news sports weather and more with kb on the daily show weekdays starting at 8 a.m heard again at 4 p.m and again at midnight on 89.3 the key all right, here we are back in the uh, very friendly confines of the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. And uh, so glad to have you with us here this morning. If you're checking us out on 89.3, maybe you're listening on keyradio.live. Maybe you've got those uh, free apps. We offer free apps for those of you with uh, Androids and or iPhones. And uh, you never know, we, uh, we, we've got people in the studio. We've got a full house here today. Uh, on the uh, SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in-studio live cam, joined by the one and only Mr. Rick Bryant, who's, uh, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, this expansion. It, it, it's an expansion. It's not an express. Right. It's not something that's going to take traffic out of Camdenton. So let's talk about it and, and, and talk about it as it is supposed to be talked about. It is an expansion. They are going to make West 54 from the courthouse down uh, close to or right at the area. You know, when you're coming up the hill, let's say you're out at Old Kinderhook and you're coming back through Camdenton and you notice that it splits into two lanes going up that hill, which makes sense because you get a lot of, you know, over-the-road truck drivers that come up there. and people, They're right there, at the, right there at the cut-through. Yeah. And so uh, they expanded that. So that's where that is all going to join. And there is concern, of course, about uh, the amount of land that will be needed to utilize lanes on both sides of the road. If people will lose frontage, if, uh, you know, businesses themselves, from what I understand, uh, the barbershop there right next to the courthouse might have to come down or something along those lines. But uh, one of the major concerns that people have had is there 
are not going to be any sidewalks. Well, as a former resident who lived on Blair Avenue, there weren't sidewalks there in the first place. And so, uh, you know, I used to walk the dog and, and pray to God I didn't get hit by a car, uh, you know, on either side. But um, and, and I would think now, just real quick, uh, that, you know, the, the big project they did here in Osage Beach by putting in the sidewalks, they had to meet requirements with the Americans with Disabilities Act. And they put in those ramps on either side so people, you know, if you're in a wheelchair, you can get up either side. I would think, and I'm kind of surprised that nothing like that exists in that particular project. And and so you would almost have to have sidewalks because, just real quick, there was a gentleman, and I haven't seen him in a while, and maybe he still lives in the area, but he was in a, a motorized, motorized wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And he, he got hit go one day. And, and he did get hit mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to his benefit, at least that got him out of the house and he was able to go, you know, I'd see him at the Jiffy Stop convenience sure. store or, or maybe at Casey's once in a while or whatever. And, uh, you know, that was his only way of, of, of getting out and having any real communication with the outside world. Well, the state's position is because there are no sidewalks there now, they didn't have to consider them when they wanted to do any kind of an expansion. Now, I wonder, you know, I know there's a problem through there and maybe it does need to be expanded, but, um, you know, how many people do walk along there? And you know, I said this off air, you know, a lot of these uh, cities that you see, I mean, look, look at just the west end of Camdenton and how it passes through there from the new Highway 5 bypass, you know, west. It's very wide. There's a lot of extra room. The businesses are pretty far off of the road, actually, you know. And um, it it seems, although traffic flow through there isn't all that great, uh, but now you're going to put that same kind of traffic flow and uh, speed. I'm wondering if they're going to change it to 45 miles an hour uh, down to that stretch of uh, on the east side of Camdenton. And the businesses on the east side of Camdenton are so much closer to the existing roadway now that when you try to put in, what, uh, two extra lanes, guys, two extra lanes, Mm -hmm. that's going to push that all the way out to those businesses. Uh, We talked about Kelly's cars. He was there at the uh, unveiling of this thing, and I didn't think of it this way. But, you know, uh, your business, you have the building inside your building, and you have outside, too. So think of the city came along, or the county, the state wanted to come along and take away half of your bluff. That's kind of your showroom out there for the vehicles that you sell. So for Kelly Cars, that's their showroom. That's their front row. That's their main place where they do business is the showroom right next to that road. And they're going to lose pretty much all of that. So um, I don't know how much they... I don't think there's been any. I, it's my understanding this plan's been on the books for a long, long time, right. and it's just been put on hold and hold and hold because of the money. Maybe the public had a lot of input when it was first done, but I don't think there's been any kind of public input whatsoever uh, other than the opening of it that I know of. So, yeah, I'm wondering how much they really thought this through. Well, thank, thank you for letting me be the new kid on the block here, uh, for inviting me in. Uh, actually, I barged in. But but nonetheless, there's a new little spin, Ike and, and KB. <clears throat> First off, we bought the building, or in the process of buying the building, knowing that this expansion was going on. That's why I was there the other night at the meeting. Uh, and it's not going to affect us at all. Now, I, I don't know about others. I, I'm, I'm pretty clear on where it's going. But as far as us, all it does is take the property line and extends it as a, on a five-foot temporary easement to build the, the new structure. And they'll put us in a new entrance. I was concerned because we have a very small parking lot in this facility. If it took 10 or 15 or 20 feet of it, it's dysfunctional. 
uh, but it's not. It's not going to. The other thing I just wanted to add is that what we need to think about is there are, there are serious problems in that traffic pattern through Camdenton, as you know, both both sides of, sure. of 5, 54 coming in, 54 going out. I have drove that because we lived out near Kinderhook for 15 years. Coming up the hill for people who aren't trained is is, is a kind of a screwy mess. Uh, you, you, yeah, you get over in the right lane if you're going slow, but they don't. The slow lanes, the slow people drive in the left lane, and then when they get to the top, it's this convoluted mess. And, 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 and I'm not throwing rocks at DOT per se, but that was probably poor planning at one time or another to have that end abruptly at the top of the hill. Then you take 54 coming in from uh, Osage Beach. Jesus, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Now, I'm not an anti-grower person. I want the community to grow effectively, but that traffic pattern is going to get people killed. There's already been some serious wrecks. And we're getting new businesses right at a very integral part of that intersection at 5, 54 and yes. 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all of that will probably work out. But what I'm saying is that if we keep if we keep making an issue of that and how that expansion works, we'll probably end up with a bypass uh, in, in time because they'll do traffic patterns, traffic studies, and they'll keep looking at it and saying, okay, here's what we're going to do. We can't deal with this anymore. We can't widen it or screw with it, so we're going to just take it outside the city. Those those talks have been had. Those talks sure. have, been, have, have, have already been taken place, I know, uh, from a state level. And, and I... You know, there's a part like Osage Beach where you say, okay, we're all used to it and it works out fine. Well, it does affect businesses. You talk about affecting business, take all the traffic out front away uh, and see how that works out. Mm-hmm. And so I would shudder to think how those businesses are going to be affected if there's just not a road there at all other than just a frontage. And so uh, just something to think about, just, you know, just food for thought. Uh, anybody that's affected directly, I feel for them. Uh, personally, myself and some other people who were friends of mine were there weren't going to be affected literally much at all. So... I've lived on Lakeview, and I've lived on Blair Avenue, and this is how it works. If you are trying to get off of Lakeview onto Highway 54, especially if you're headed east, you may sit there for a while Mm -hmm. until the traffic both ways, you get enough room to get out and do so safely. So then a lot of people use what I consider to be the suicide lane. They pull out into that, and then they merge over. So if you expand... Which is against the law. Yeah. But they allow it. Yeah, but in, 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 in certain cases. But now you've added a new piece of the puzzle here. You've got the VA that's right there on Lakeview. And as far as I know, there is no entrance off of 54. You have to turn down Lakeview and pull in that way. So, and, and let's be clear here, I think in most instances you're going to have older people that are using the VA. And so if you expand the lanes, at least they'll have that right lane, that lane all the way up next to the building to maybe slow down and turn. The only problem I see is if you're going to expand those lanes, turning onto 54 and going west may not be as much of a problem, but certainly trying to make a left turn and go east. So then is that someplace they consider putting an electric signal? And I don't know if that's something that's even been considered. I don't know if it's on the plans. But as somebody who's lived there on Lakeview, I know it's tough to get out. So a lot of people will take the Blair uh, Avenue cut through. And, you know, people that have lived back here for any stretch of time know that you can cut through. You go uh, up Lakeview, over Ozark, and then over Blair Avenue and come out. And it's a little bit easier to get on because you can see that traffic coming from the east and, in most cases, the traffic coming from the west. It's it's not as hard to get on there, but it certainly is going to be an interesting situation. And I, I take it back to 
when MoDOT did put the expressway in and the situation there around the Osage Beach area, around uh, like McDonald's and uh, those traffic lights and those signals that people have to still continue to sit there and sit there and sit there and wait. And, and again, not knowing the whole story, I would say that those signals, people have always complained about having to sit there for so long, especially if you're trying to come around and get back on 54 to head uh, west toward Camdenton. You have to sit at that light and sit there and sit there and sit there. Why don't they adjust the lights? Well, uh, the reasoning I was given is, you know, they just leave it the way it is through the slower months because in the summertime it's going to pick up. Well, I've been through there in the summertime. I've been through there in the fall, the winter, the spring, and what you need are those pads to put in that trigger the signals so people don't have to sit there and wait so long. And then it takes me all the way back to years ago when I lived down Highway 42, right there as uh, the, the radio station that sits there. And then across the street used to be a convenience store, and there's apartments that sit back there. Uh, there were a lot of accidents with people that were coming up the hill from the state park flying up that hill and people turning out from either uh, what used to be a landscaping business, the apartments, or the convenience store. I saw uh, some guy in a bass boat get with a bass. He was pulling a bass boat, get rear-ended, and the trailer got hit so hard that the mm. bass boat flew off the trailer and ended up on the other side wow. of the road. And so we talked and talked and talked, and I wonder if it's not a good idea to incorporate, and I don't know if this will screw things up or make it worse or make it better, uh, but the point I'm trying to make here is whoever the state rep is for that particular area to get them involved in this as well so that maybe they can sit down with MoDOT and bring everybody to the table. And before any ground is broken, any construction is done, you can point out all of the issues and the problems that the residents have seen. I mean, we have obviously seen the problems but that really doesn't change the decision that MoDOT has made. Well, a lot of times when they have these plans, I mean, the amount of money that they put together, or that they have spent to put that plan together and put that uh, presentation on the, that they had, uh, was a few weeks ago, whatever, uh, they're probably not going to change things. Although, it's my understanding they're already going to reconsider the far west end, because they were going to kind of come back together right there at the VA, but now I understand they're going to go ahead and make it all five lanes all the way out to and make it all connected. So that might already be change one, and that might affect where you're at. I would double it check It could. Now, he, that's not what the engineer said very clearly, but I... And, and was I, that that evening? Yes. See, but I think they've had some comments since then, and they maybe looked at that and thought, oh, well, maybe that was a kind of a, a, a nearsightedness that we should have expanded that on out to where it's already five lanes. Just keep it going that way, you know? I always thought that the, the lane coming up the hill should have continued on. Sure, why not? Yeah. And then the other problem I didn't talk about in that, in that whole road is actually coming across five on 54 at the barber shop and whatnot. People, you don't want to get rid of a good speed trap there, though. Well, uh, <laughs> you want to talk about that? But, but uh, Angie I had a had a creep. hand sign from a lady the other day that she's still trying to figure out. It was only one finger, wasn't all of them. Oh, she didn't okay. think she was waving. She was trying to give her some kind of a, 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 a maybe it was a military sign or something. I don't know. But the point is, there's such a problem there at that intersection. Knowing where to now it seems like because for years you weren't supposed to use the right lane. Uh, now it seems like that's okay. Mm-hmm. And somehow the left lane is supposed to merge with the right lane with not much indication because it's only a block, block and a half. Yeah, so yeah. none of us know who takes the lead here because yeah. the left lane goes into the right lane. Sure, yeah. And so that's, that's – I don't know what their planning was with that intersection. And, and, again, not to throw rocks at them, but I think that that needs to be and, – and maybe that's the whole point of thinking this through and trying to get that to be all four-lane outside the city. Yeah. And, and, and those people come – 
from somewhere on the east side. So they're trying to figure out how to get them out through the west side and not by, bypass the city. I would think that they'd think that was the least. Uh, the you go from sixty to fifty to forty in a relatively <laughs> short amount of time. Yeah, you do, and that's. I also am concerned about that if they if they continue on the east end of uh, or excuse me the west end and make that into forty five miles an hour down through there. Isn't it thirty five now through? through town after the light once you get up there yeah it's about 35 it drops from 40 down to 35 and then once you get into uh right there by the courthouse it uh in the justice center it drops down to 30. yeah so one of the places that really should uh, i'm surprised from from emergency days that we haven't had more serious accidents at walmart Mm-hmm. That, that intersection, I mean, they try to break the sound barrier to get through a yellow light, you know. And so, I mean, it, it, and, it, and it's really basically there's a lot of blindness there because when you come up that intersection from Walmart, you can't see very well. And there is no forgiveness. 30 feet and you're dead because yeah, there's just right. no forgiveness. And if there's traffic going through on the other side and people are sitting at the turn lane, you can't see the traffic. No, it's no, tough you to can't. see. And so I, I'm, I'm just surprised we haven't lost more people there. There have been a number of crashes there and uh, some some very violent wrecks. As far as the east side, I was involved in a, a crash back in uh, it was 2016 pulling out of uh, the Pizza Hut Gerbs Orshelin area. Yeah. Some yeah, guy wasn't watching, pulled out too. right yeah. into us as we were trying to pull in. Uh, but there's a lot of things that they need to consider and, and, and certainly take a look at. And like I said, it may not be a bad idea to see if we can't get one of our you know the state rep that uh, represents that area on yeah. board to maybe uh, work a little closer with, with MoDOT. But to MoDOT's credit, and I don't know if this happened or not, did they have, much like when they initially proposed the expressway through Osage Beach, they had public meetings with various plans for people to come out and pick from, did they do that same thing? Was that the same approach that they had with what's going on in Camden? I, I think that was the first meeting. I've mind. Yeah, that's, that's the first meeting, and that was the un- unveiling. Now, again, if they did something several years ago when they first proposed this, uh, maybe, and then had to shelve it for a long time, and then now that they've got some money, they brought it up, uh, I don't know. But it seems to me as they've had almost no public input. And I wonder how much input they had from the city of Camdenton. You know, uh, how closely did they work with them? And did the city give them a full stamp of approval and say, woohoo, let's do it? Or I wonder how that worked. You know, and I know the state can pretty much just go through there and do what they think they need to do. It's their right of way and it's their road, what have you. Uh, But I, you know, prudence says contact a bunch of people and try to figure things out. I almost, almost wonder if, if, if you did put, if you could put sidewalks in and maybe just expand everything a little bit, you know, you don't have to go five lanes, but make what you got a foot wider on each area, you know, and uh, make the uh, entrances to all the different businesses and parking lots, maybe make them a little bit bigger, you know, make it a little wider there, put in better curbing and put in some side. I, I don't know, uh, because, but then you put in sidewalks all along through there and you have all the business turn-ins, how many people are going to get hit? you know, crossing that area, or how much traffic's going to wait for someone to walk through that area before they can turn in. So it, it's, uh, you know, I'm glad I don't have to figure that challenge out, to be quite honest with you, the more we talk about it. There is a lot of work. And, and when I seen yeah. those maps the other day, uh, to 
uh, you know, to, to give Modot a little credit, and you see those maps, you realize the thought process, the oh, depth yeah. of the thought process that they went through with this. Yeah. And as I looked down the street and looked at the interest, because the, the seller of our building said, oh, you better take a look at this, you know, see if it's something they can put a parking in back or whatever. So I went in there thinking we're going to lose 15 or 20 feet. Turns out we're, we have a five-foot change in the easement that's going to be temporary back to the original property line. And then I looked at others. We had some other friends there, John Owen. There were some folks down the street that had a, a quad and they were worried, and and as you look at the lines, it really didn't affect it. Now, Dave's Hideaway or the barber shop or some of those places, the, the bear cars. market entrance, which is uh, you know uh, it's a, it's a great way uh, for suicide. I mean, it's a great way to die. Uh, and those intersections just get to be horrible. And and I KB, I, I'm not sure that you're not right about a light uh, somewhere in there to break up that that flow. Uh, it's probably not a bad idea. And I know everybody says, "Oh, lights, we hate lights," you know. But I I don't know, you know, somewhere around that gas station. And, and the bear market intersection there, or well, maybe... You're, you're going to have to have something so people can... I, again, it's still going to be a problem yeah. getting on to 54 at Lakeview. We've got about a minute or so left, uh, gentlemen. Uh, caller, thank you for joining us. You are on The Daily Show. Good morning. Great conversation, guys. Um, as we know, that this, this is an issue, and it, it's good that you guys are talking about this stuff. Um, but there needs to be some kind of overlook. Even, even at the square in Camington, you have to go through an inner lane get to the where the stoplight buttons are i don't know who's planning this stuff but if you guys look at that that's where that kid was hit last month uh mm-hmm. but the actual the actual buttons you have to jump through a lane to get to them to actual hit to go through the main light um if you look at the square there but i i don't know who's designing this stuff but they're not obviously from the area you know you can tell it's a state product um have, have you been down to lebanon have you, have you been down to lebanon recently I've been everywhere. Go down. You know, have you noticed out, out out uh, out South Lebanon when you cross Highway 44? They recently redid all of those things, and there's these big, huge crossing walk signs, like every five feet or something. And I think it's it's kind of nuts, but I get where you're coming from there. I I, I do. They're, they don't there don't. There needs to be there. some kind of oversight in this. I mean, even the city there, like I said, the square. Everybody can go there and look. You have to literally go through moving traffic to get to where the lights are to hit the button to, to be safe, and and it's a joke. It's whoever designed this is subpar. Well, and those lanes are going to be those five lanes are going to be a foot uh, less wide as well. That'll you know, be interesting with oversized loads. All those people, you know. Because we have those oversized loads. Caller, thank you, that uh, come through uh, Camdenton as well. And so you've got a lot of uh, major concerns. And then on the east, as you go through uh, the intersection there at Business 5 and Highway 54, and you're proceeding, let's say, uh, from west to east, there's signs up because people cross the street there. They don't cross at the crosswalks. And so they had to put up these signs in either direction with the little flashing lights on them to let motorists know that, you know, somebody might run out in front of your vehicle vehicle inadvertently i think in most cases they don't do it but there are people that cross there so is there a need to police the system and go back through and say hey listen the way we're doing things now really hasn't been thought through we need more resident involvement certainly with what's going on there at uh, at the uh, expansion point of 54 and uh, how far that's going to go down and uh, considering all the businesses and uh, the traffic issues that already exist and the traffic issues that are going to be created so before anybody breaks ground they've already been out there surveying and doing various other things before anybody breaks ground i think there needs to be a huge sit down and as many people have that have have discussed it with us just here this morning sure 
Well, Imagine all deal. of the other people out there uh, that are probably just as concerned. One quick point. When they start designing these things five, ten years out, things change. Sure. Traffic patterns change. Yes, we've had we've had COVID and we've had a mass of folks coming here. They're all welcome. But those things all change. The businesses change where the businesses are located, new mm-hmm. businesses. Look at the intersection of 5 and 54. Uh, you've got Culver's, God love them. Uh, you've got the, the uh, coffee shop that's going in there, and then, of course, we've got the car wash place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and God love all of them. That, those aren't, there's no negative in that comment at all. It's just that it changes the traffic pattern sure and the flow of people. Mm-hmm. And, so, and, and the mall across the way. Probably by the time that they were planning that, that mall may not have been as viable as it is now. Mm-hmm. And so, so those things, you got to give them credit for that too, to try to figure out, okay, how do we stop these wheels of motion that are huge, <laughs> yeah. huge, oh, yeah. billions of dollars? You ever go through there on a on a busy weekend at the Lake of the Ozarks through Camptonton, and how that and how that traffic backs all the way up from about Laker Drive back, and then coming up the hill to uh, the Walmart uh, exit yes. right there. Well, that's and all the way down through Lynn Creek, and, and then understand. people are taking the cut through and going around and coming out on uh, Business 5 and, and coming, you know, people that live there that know about it. And understand 10% of those people are under the influence. Another 30 or 40% of those people aren't from here. And some of them haven't even been on that road before. Right. And so it gets to be really, and no negatives, I'm just saying. No, right. That's reality. Hey. It's legal now, so do whatever you got to do. <laughs> but I'm just saying you got to be darn careful because yeah. uh, some of the people are politely ignorant of what's going on in traffic flow and sure. and, uh, and what what they should do to be safe. Gentlemen, I thank both of you for your, uh, your patronage and your input here this morning. Thanks to all the callers who've called in, all of the uh, comments that we've received on our in-studio live cam. We need to take our break, and when we return, the one, the only true history professor, Professor Jim Paisley, joins us in studio with his weekly history lesson on Key Radio and The Daily Show. The Lake of the Ozarks' only community radio station. That's right. You've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks. 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. This is Happy Headlines. I'm the host, David Beach, bringing you good news and heartwarming stories to help you through your day. Even days like this. Here's today's story. From the Good News Network, vacations can be fun and relaxing, and you can travel. But I bet you never considered taking your vacation just to pick up trash. Stephanie Shamrowitz did. She had a month off from her job at a campus recreation center in Colorado and decided to spend 23 days picking up 126 bags of trash. She drove over 70 hours through Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, Texas, Louisiana, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and New York, and apparently picked up everything from urine-filled bottles to lawn ornaments. She said, I found a few fast food toys in a tire with a pair of cowboy boots in it, but she said her aim wasn't to shame, but rather to encourage people to do what they can. When I posted, it was never, this is disgusting, or we're awful. It was, hey, I'm cleaning up the city and keeping a positive light on it. I'm not going to be able to pick up everything, but if everyone starts picking up some on walks or runs, that's where the magic is. Collecting everywhere from 1 to 16 bags at a time, Stephanie was was discouraged when she felt she wasn't doing enough. There was a place that had an ocean of trash, and I pushed out four bags, but then I broke down because I realized how much there was, and I felt like four bags didn't do anything. My monumental day was bag 100 in Ohio on day 16. I dedicated that to my parents because they raised me to be this independent person and had been very supportive on the trip. People donate $10 a bag for Stephanie to clean up in their name, which she uses for lodging and gas. The person's name was written on how many bags 
bags they donated towards, and Stephanie posted a picture on her Instagram when they were filled, thanking them for helping clean up the city she's in. I've been to 23 national parks in the U.S., so me cleaning up this litter is a huge thank you for all the joy and good times national parks and nature in general has brought to my life. Yeah, that's pretty well done, and pretty impressive, and definitely a happy headline. Thank you, Stephanie, and thank you for listening. Stay happy, stay healthy, and find a way to make someone's day. Start 2023 outright. Learn evidence-based health and wellness, conflict resolution, tools, and accomplish peace. Learn growth mindsets. Learn to take action and be accountable. Learn to grow from life's challenges. You'll hear six speakers, three virtual and three in person. You'll receive a Scrum Master eBook, Encompass Purpose 2.0 book, a gift certificate for complimentary coaching, Peace Fire and Two Fire training, be beverages and finger foods, all for $49. On January 19th from 1 to 4.30 at Encompass Purpose in Max Creek. To reserve your spot, please call 573-286-5625 or email at encompasspurpose at gmail.com. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. College hoops last night. Mizzou stays perfect on the season. They're 8-0 after a big win at Wichita State. So the Tigers 8-0 now. They will next play on Sunday at home against Southeast Missouri. MSU Bears 3-3. They're busy tonight on the road at Illinois Chicago. As far as high school basketball goes, Lake TV has a whole lot of high school basketball for you coming up. First game of the year on Lake TV will be Thursday, December 15th for sales at home to Smith Cotton. Monday, December 19th, Camdenton at home against Osage. Watch those games on Lake TV. Chiefs 9-2 and on the season with a big road game coming up Sunday. A take on the 7-4 and Bengals, a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game, of course, won by Cincinnati in a comeback. The Bengals have won three in a row and five out of six, so they are getting on a roll now. As for college football, Mizzou Tigers knock off Arkansas last week, so they're 6-6 six and six and bowl eligible. The Tigers will figure out where they're going bowling this weekend. St. Louis Blues will be busy tomorrow at home against the Hurricanes. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including the Community Spotlight Show every day at 902, 302, and 702. Community Spotlight Show, where you get to know local leaders better. Find out where they came from, how they got to where they are, all of that on Lake TV. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, don't worry. You can watch Lake TV absolutely free on Roku, Amazon Fire, and streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part by Skelton Key & Lock.
When you're locked out of your home, car, or business, every second counts. You need to be sure that the company you choose will answer the call and get to you as quickly as possible. Skelton Key and Lock offers reliable service, reasonable rates, and they're recommended by everyone. They can cut and program new keys and bobs. They can install new locks on your home, business, or rental property. If you can stick a key in it, chances are it can be serviced by Skelton Key and Lock serving the entire lake area. Key Gathering Place is a special kind of community center. The serving table makes community meals twice every week. Birthday parties, wedding receptions, or simple gatherings of friends. We have space for meetings and events too big for your living room. Whether you need the patio or our sunroom or our main hall seating 60 with tables, we've got you covered. Our rates are flexible and less than you might think. We make space for your idea to serve the community. www.keygatheringplace.com Thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process. 89.3, the key. Hey, we are right back here. 9.12 is our time. And we don't want to screw around too long because we have the true history professor, Professor Jim Paisley, who's got a great program lined up for you today. Quickly running down uh, some uh, some stats from uh, the Bagnell Dam, lake level 657.21, river level at 551.84, surface water temp at 52 degrees. And if you're hanging out with Joe Grafman, I would imagine that Joe will still take you out if you're going to guide, uh, use his guide service, and he'll find you some fish somewhere today. No doubt about it. Works hard to do that. Appreciate having him in yesterday. 30 degrees in Osage Beach, 27 in Camdenton as we broadcast live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. 42 the high, sunny, uh, northwest wind at about 10 to 15 miles per hour. 42, as I said, the high. Some clouds tonight and a low of 25. And let's get him in here and get him going because I know he's chopping at the bit to talk uh, to you and take care of business. The one and only true history professor, Jim Paisley. Jim, great to have you here. Hey, good to be here. Have been placed today. Hey, I'm telling you, I got all my favorite people have been in here this morning. You know, all we need is a keg of beer and off we go with the party. I mean, it would be fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, great people. Well, great I'll tell show. you what, I will be the designated driver. How's that? That sounds good I'll to me. I'll get everybody home. Yeah. Well, you know, I got a feeling if you got uh, me and Bill and, and Ike and Rick and all of us together and around a bottle of scotch it could get real interesting real quick get dan in there and christopher yes as well. there'd and be no opinions at all 
right? Not one. <laughs> that would make for a show. Hey, real quick, I want to encourage everybody as you're listening this morning, if you'd like to call in and talk to Professor Jim Paisley, 573-633-5395. It is the Key Radio Community Hotline. We're having a lot of fun. Busy place to be here, the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. And what, sir, do you have on tap for us this morning? Boy, Speaking of beer. We've got a great show this morning. Um, we're going to talk, first off, a little bit about uh, the mudslinging that we're all expecting to come between DeSantis and Trump. Uh-huh. And then I thought it'd be a lot of fun to go back and look in history at some of the mudslinging that took pl- place all the way back to, like, Jefferson and Adams and uh, Lincoln and Douglas and them. And it is amazing. I mean, it's absolutely and it's hilarious. You know, you think it's bad now. I mean. These guys are amateurs compared to what we had in the past. <laughs> so you ready to dive into let's it? Let's go, man. All let's right, go. let's do it. So let's start out. We'll talk a little bit about this Trump DeSantis thing because, you know, I've got some uh, good friends who are on the, the far left, and they are just uh, – there's something else. We 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 talk every uh, Thursday morning at a Zoom meeting we have, and uh, I try and hold my own. But they beat up on me pretty good last week. And this this issue actual issue came up with Trump and DeSantis. Now, as Election Day, November eighth is turning into Election Month. You know, we still don't have the answers on a lot of this stuff. The outcomes are being dissected through the lens of the upcoming presidential election. They're saying, "Oh, we learned a lot." I don't think we learned anything. But we do know that Florida was a major success with Governor DeSantis winning big, along with Senator Marco Rubio. Now, DeSantis should be the role model for the other 25 or so Republican governors, as he's the guy that kind of conducted a master class in how to survive the whole COVID thing. And, I mean, you've got tons of people from up north have, have moved to Florida just because of this. They're fleeing a, a lot of these uh, uh, left states, you know, uh, places like uh, California and New York and Pennsylvania and moving to Florida. All right. Now, <clears throat> as such, DeSantis has become kind of the darling of the media. All right. Now, now everybody's scratching their head and they're going, OK, is it going to be Trump or is it going to be DeSantis? And the big problem that most Republicans can see coming is you get these two in a debate, and it's going to be Katie bar the door. Now, we've already seen how Trump has handled, you know, a whole vast array of, of challengers in the last election. So you can imagine when he dives into this and goes after DeSantis, it's not going to be pretty. It's amazing when you're fighting for your political life. Mm-hmm. Because let's go back to when the Democrats had their debate mm-hmm. and how Kamala Harris went after Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. And guess who's vice president? Yeah. Yeah, isn't it funny? Yeah, she called him a racist and the whole bit with the busing and everything else. And bingo, now there she is. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, and it, that's kind of one of the things we, we need to look at here is uh, is this is when this battle takes place, how much of it can we believe and how much of it is just theater, if you will? Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> here's the thing. Should, you know, DeSantis turn around and wind up, you know, running for president? Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting in that, let's say he gets into a huge debate with, with Trump and back and forth they go. And let's say that he actually wins the nomination. Regardless, Trump or DeSantis, the left is going to come out and eat him alive, whoever it is. I mean, that's just, uh, you know, written. It's, it's the way it is. And the problem is, is, is Trump going to hand the left all kinds of ammunition to use against DeSantis and vice versa? 
All right. Now, if both Trump and DeSantis run for president in 2024, it'd be hard fought and nasty, as was the 2016 uh, primary season. Okay. Now, Trump, we all know, is a master at branding his opponents and not in a flattering way. You know, the last Florida governor to learn this was uh, Jeb Bush. You know, what do you call him, low-energy Jeb or something Mm -hmm. like that, you know? And, you know, already Trump has called uh, DeSantis uh, Ron DeSanctimonious. So, you know, is that going to be his nickname? Now, primaries are a time of choosing, choosing as each candidate makes their case to their party's electorate. Whoever emerges victorious, assuming the candidates don't annihilate each other, Basically, you know, they'll be primed for the main event. Now, Democrats in the media hope that Trump and DeSantis destroy each other. And, I mean, that's the greatest fear I think most Republicans have. And they're hoping that the two of them destroy each other and it'll wind up being like Pence and Pompeo together or Haley and Noam, something like that on a ticket. You know, which would, you know, in their eyes be easier to defeat. Now, there's a fellow that wrote an article here. And I, I was reading some of the, what he had, and it was in the American Thinker, and this guy's name's uh, Brian Jundiff. He basically, you know, he said that he there might be another possibility. He said, suppose all the Trump and DeSantis sparring is nothing but theater. What if the two Florida residents have already sat down together? Now, this this is kind of an interesting twist, and think about this, folks. Str- Trump still has a huge base. And in a CPAC, you know, the Conservative uh, 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 Political Action Committee straw poll a few months ago, Trump was the favored nominee over DeSantis, 69 to 24. So that's that's pretty significant. So, it, you know, by that poll, it looks like Trump's still the party. Now, DeSantis is an excellent governor. But he has no national governing experience, unlike Trump, who has already spent four years as president. DeSantis, not being independently wealthy, will be beholden to the donor class supporting his candidacy, possibly clipping his wings should he become president. So Trump doesn't have this conflict of interest. He's got the money. But Trump has his baggage. We all know that. His personality, his you know, Twitter feeds, uh, inability to turn the other cheek, features that both annoy and thrill his detractors and supporters. And few Republicans have the ability to punch back against the leftist forces against him. Hollywood, academia, corporate media, Wall Street, all these folks are lined up to go after Trump again. Okay, Now, the ruling class would like nothing more than for Trump and DeSantis to split the GOP vote. And we'll talk about that in a minute in past elections. And that would leave the door wide open for another Democratic administration. Watch the media do their best to set up this scenario. I mean, they're already starting to do it. Now, the author's theory is that Trump and DeSantis have formed a secret alliance, allowing the Trump-hating rhinos to pour hundreds of millions of dollars into DeSantis's potential campaign. Right now, the money's all going towards Trump. But what if, you know, you had these people who are saying, no, we don't want Trump Trump again, we're going to throw all of our money at DeSantis. Well, now all of a sudden you level the playing field. Now DeSantis will have, you know, a huge war chest to battle against Trump. So you got to wonder, did these two get together to plot this? How how else would DeSantis get get his hands on that money? Okay. 
So the two can feud publicly, sucking the air out of the political room for the next year, then join forces. In other words, we got plenty of time here. Let them go ahead and battle it out, sling arrows, and get the money over there to DeSantis' side. Now, all of a sudden, you combine that money if they join hands a year out and say, let's put a ticket together. Now they've got all the money. See, I was thinking the exact same thing. And as we talk about this, the obvious, the elephant in the room here is the Democrats are going to be chopping at the bit when these two get together, mm-hmm. and they're going to be taking notes at a fever pitch. Yep. And they're going to have so much ammunition to use against either one or both of them. So why would you want to expose anyone's Achilles heel in this particular instance and not work together? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've got an up-and-comer like Rick DeSantis. He's well-liked mm-hmm. in the party. He's well-liked throughout the United States because of the things that he's done in his state. So... I would say, you know, more than likely, if Trump were to get the nod as the nominee for president, he makes DeSantis his vice presidential candidate or his vice presidential running mate. And, you know, if that doesn't seem to solve the problem, maybe uh, to get DeSantis a little bit of exposure and some experience, Mm -hmm. you make him a member of your cabinet. There you go. I don't know. Now, that's just, I'm just looking outside the the rectangle, the the, the parallelogram. Exactly. Well, there's so many things going on behind the scenes here that, you know, you, you, you just can't hardly believe anything you're watching when you, when you watch the news. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're, you make a good point here, KB, in that, you know, if DeSantis came in on the ticket as the vice president, uh, he'd have four years as an understudy. And after Trump cleans up the, you know, all the mess that's been left here, DeSantis would be well positioned to continue making America great again for another four or eight years. And, and think about that. Who wants to come in in this next spot? I mean, who better than Trump? I mean, they're already throwing the slings and arrows at him, and whoever comes in there is going to have to go in and undo any number of different things. Not a very popular move. So, why you know, Trump, turn around, go in there and say, I've already been beat to death. I'll go in there, take the slings and arrows, clear the path, and then you can have it after that. Might be an interesting twist. Absolutely. Now, there's something that came up in the news the other day that I thought we we need to address real quick here. And somebody said, well... It's not going to happen for them to be on the same ticket because the Constitution under Article 2 says that the people running cannot be from the same state. Now, this is something that very rarely comes up. But if Trump and DeSantis both ran according to the Constitution, you can't have that. And, you know, our forefathers put that in there to keep it from being dominated by the, the larger states like New York and Pennsylvania. And so what would have to happen is Trump, all he really has to do to make that go away, folks, is to claim New York as his primary residence. And he's still got homes up there and everything else. And that would avoid the Constitution's uh, prohibition of the president and vice president coming from the same state. So I wanted to address that because you're going to hear that one on the news, too. Mm -hmm. And that that goes away real quick. That's not a problem. Okay. Now, well, here's, didn't Hillary Clinton move to New York to become a state senator? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, there's, isn't it funny how all that works? You know, I mean, it, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it, and go back and look at all these people that, that all of a sudden jump from one state to the other, and you scratch your head and think, what was that all about? Well, there's part of it right there. Okay. Now, <clears throat> predictions are a dime a dozen these days, but Trump and DeSantis are too smart folks to destroy one another. 
They know they need each other. DeSantis needs the money. Trump needs the popularity. So between the two of them, if you could put that ticket together, and they, you know, these guys are smart enough to figure out how to do it, I think that's where it's headed. So don't listen to the hype, even from Fox News. All right, you're seeing them pit them against each other, and all the Trump-hating media that Trump is finished. I mean, basically, we could all be sitting here, part of the theater, and then playing a game just to get the money sorted out who gets what. All right? Now, for the second half of this, what I wanted to talk about, and I think it's hilarious, is we talk about the possibility of Trump and DeSantis going at it. And boy, you know, I, you can just imagine what it would be like. But I thought it'd be fun to look at a little history and see just how bad it's been in the past. Okay? So I'm going to take you all the, way, all the way back to Jefferson and Adams in the election of 1800. And in case you're wondering exactly how down and dirty these campaigns can get, consider the fact that this is the only election in history where a vice president ran against the president that he was currently serving under, okay, Jefferson and Adams. Now, you can imagine that things were a little tense in the White House in the months leading up to the election. These two guys are, you know, vice president and president of different parties, and boy, they're slinging the mud. Now, Jefferson hired a writer to pen insults rather than dirty his own hands. Now, one of the most creative lines said that Adams stated that Adams was a hideous hermaphroditical character, which has neither the force and firmness of a man nor the gentleness and sensibility of a woman. This is your vice president <laughs> talking about the president. Yeah, so, you know, here we go, right? And this is 1800, folks. Now, Adams Federalist carried things even further. They asked voters, are you prepared? Now, this, see if this doesn't ring a few bells with you. Basically, Adams people said, are you prepared to see your dwellings in flames? Female chastity violated. Chil- children writhing on a spike. Great God of compassion and justice, shield my country from destruction. Can you, like I say, you think they're slinging mud now. I mean, these guys, this comes, we have a long heritage of this, folks. And I've got, you know, several of these today that I thought I'd bring up just so you can see how ugly it was in the past. So, you know, you're you're basically got a vice president calling the president of hermaphrodite. You got the other guy is, you know, you know, raping women and putting children on spikes. I mean, this is, you know, the the gloves were off, to say the least. And, of course, we wouldn't even come close to anything like that in this day and age because of all the wokeness that is 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 involved in our culture especially here in the United States where if you called someone a hermaphrodite you would more than likely oh offend God. a whole lot of people exactly and then you know putting kids on stakes and raping women yes uh, i think there are almost <laughs> grounds for uh, uh, slander there uh, yeah. just uh, or, or defamation of character or right. something along those lines well you have to bear in mind back then they would fight a duel as well and maybe right. that, that'd be a neat idea, right? Now you've done it. You've really made me mad. 
I challenge you to duel. Slap him with a glove. And who, off was, go. Uh, who was the uh, president that fought the duel? Was that Burr? was the vice president, Burr, yeah, shot Alexander Hamilton, the oh. secretary of the Treasury. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, you know, a little different back then. We are getting close to the bottom of the hour, which means we're going to take our final break of the uh, program, our final bottom of the hour break as well. And I wanted to uh, send a shout out to Victoria and everyone, Daniel and Steve, who have uh, chimed in with us this morning and all of the folks that are checking us out on the SRG Financial Advisors uh, key radio in-studio live cam. And you can wave as much as you want because I've got it fixed and that camera's not going anywhere. Uh, (laughs) Victoria says, this may be a show with Trump and DeSantis. Look at the rhinos who have been exposed. Right. I think that's a great point, Victoria. And thank Mm -hmm. you for your contribution to the cause this morning. Let's step aside. We'll take our final break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with the True History Professor. We'll even take your phone calls on the Key Radio Community Hotline at 573-633-5395. I love it when all these people are here. It makes my job so much easier. It is fun to be here. It is fun to be here today. It's fun to be here every day. And all the local folks that are out there, if you know of somebody that you'd like to get on, Give me a holler. My email, kbsfree65 at gmail.com, kbsfree65 at gmail.com, and you are listening to The Daily Show. This is Happy Headlines. I'm the host, David Beach, bringing you good news and heartwarming stories to help you through your day. Let me know what's working. I'd appreciate it. Here's today's story. Travel has been limited during the pandemic, and there's a lot of homesickness out there. People have been homesick in the past, and the story of one guy who went to great lengths to cure his homesickness is back in the news. Brian Robson was 19 and living in Melbourne, Australia, but he was really missing his homeland of Wales, so he came up with a plan. He crawled into a crate so he could get airmailed to Cardiff. Paul typed up the appropriate freight paperwork, and his friends secured a 3 by 3 by 2 wooden crate and made sure it had air holes in it so Brian could breathe. He curled up inside the box with only a bottle of water, an empty bottle, for obvious reasons, the article says, a pillow, hammer, flashlight, and a small bag. And he thought he was settling in for a 36-hour journey to the UK. But what they didn't consider was what would happen if the crate were put on the wrong flight. After nailing the lid closed, his sidekicks marked the box fragile and this side up. But as many of our best laid plans, the box would take a major detour. Brian soon found himself being handled with anything but care. The three-day trip turned into a marathon five-day odyssey, 24 excruciating hours of which he spent upside down. When the mostly numb Brian finally landed, he thought he was in London, but he actually had been routed to Los Angeles, where he shined the beam of his flashlight through a hole, alerting a worker. Although severely dehydrated and pretty banged up, he was released from the confines of his crate, and he was delighted to have survived the journey. Why is he in the news again? Well, he wants to track down those guys that helped nail him in the box. The trouble is he can't remember their last names or where they came from in Ireland. He's even tried writing to them, but they never wrote back. Hopeful for a reunion, he says he hopes to meet them again, that he misses them, and that he'd like to buy them a drink. Yeah, I thought I'd do my part to help out, just in case they're listening to Happy Headlines. You are, and thank you. This is Happy Headlines. Stay happy, stay healthy, and find a way to make someone's day.
I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Creation Expo. Imagine this. Jesus finds two fishermen casting their nets and says, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they drop their nets and follow him. Then Jesus runs into another fisherman, John. But instead of following Jesus, John says, I believe in your ministry, Jesus, but I operate a profitable fishing business and have a life and responsibilities. I'll stay here, but I'll serve you by telling all my clients the good news. Is this John a follower of Jesus? The obvious answer is, of course not not. Staying behind is pretty much the opposite of following, no matter how you spin it. The gospel is not just believing, it's doing the will of the Lord. Jesus' words are recorded in John 14, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. We can be a little conflicted about Jesus' message, being so involved with church activities and such that we forget Jesus' commandment to go into the world and make disciples. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. College hoops last night. Mizzou stays perfect on the season. They're 8-0 after a big win at Wichita State. So the Tigers 8-0 now. They will next play on Sunday at home against Southeast Missouri. MSU Bears 3-3. They're busy tonight on the road at Illinois Chicago. As far as high school basketball goes, Lake TV has a whole lot of high school basketball for you coming up. First game of the year on Lake TV will be Thursday, December 15th for sales at home to Smith Cotton. Monday, December 19th, Camdenton at home against Osage. Watch those games on Lake TV. Chiefs 9-2 and on the season with a big road game coming up Sunday. A take on the 7-4 and Bengals, a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game, of course, won by Cincinnati in a comeback. The Bengals have won three in a row and five out of six, so they are getting on a roll now. As for college football, Mizzou Tigers knock off Arkansas last week, so they're 6-6 six and six and bowl eligible. The Tigers will figure out where they're going bowling this weekend. St. Louis Blues will be busy tomorrow at home against the Hurricanes. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including the Community Spotlight Show every day at 902, 302, and 702. Community Spotlight Show, where you get to know local leaders better. Find out where they came from, how they got to where they are, all of that on Lake TV. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, don't worry. You can watch Lake TV absolutely free on Roku, Amazon Fire, and streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Key Radio is a nonprofit radio station that works with local residents in the Lake of the Ozarks community. Our goal is to provide a positive platform for content that addresses a variety of topics while also giving people the opportunity to find out more about what's going on in our own backyard. Key Radio uses donations to bring you all of the information. So, if you like what you hear and you'd like to help us continue our mission, please reach out to us at keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. Businesses, individuals, and content providers power the programming that you hear on Key Radio. To inquire about making your tax-deductible donation, go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio or call 573-280-0532. 
573-280-0532. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. Bikers Against Child Abuse, BACA, exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children to not feel afraid of the world in which they live. We stand ready to lend support to our wounded friends by involving them with an established, united organization. If you'd like to know more about BACA, please visit our website at bacaworld.org or call one 866 abuse Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-280-0532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. It's your daily dose of news, sports, weather, and more with KB on The Daily Show. Weekdays starting at 8 a.m., heard again at 4 p.m., and again at midnight on 89.3 The Key. Right back here on this Wednesday morning, and i got to tell you real quick that we've got a great show lined up for you tomorrow. Again, Mindy Sales will be a part of the program, and uh, Mindy is going to be talking with a gentleman. We'll actually probably both be having an opportunity to talk with him. His name is Gary uh, Bremen, and uh, we're going to talk about his contributions to our community, including his latest venture, designing and creating a disc golf area at the uh, YMCA. He is working... Uh, on uh, this issue uh, to create new places for people to enjoy outdoors and exercising, which is great. We'll also check in with uh, the educated redneck Danny Ellison from somewhere in these United States. And disc golf, I've got to tell you, folks, for you folks who are here at the lake and don't know it, Camdenton has an incredible disc golf course. Uh, over in the park area, and I've seen it plenty of times. As a matter of fact, I've talked to some people who've played it. It's one of the best disc golf uh, courses in the state and in the country. I think it's like top five in the state and maybe somewhere. And, I, I, and I'm just going to throw this out there. Larry Bennett, if you're listening, you probably know more about it than I do. And happy birthday to you today, my friend. Uh, you know that uh, this disc golf course is what, like top ten in the country? It's amazing. It certainly is. Uh, let's see uh if we can't you know get another one here and uh, you know get the folks going back and forth and playing some disc golf and so gary robin on the uh program tomorrow and danny ellison on the program mindy sales our community events director for key radio in particular the daily show as we get back to our conversation now with the true history professor Professor Jim Paisley, who is uh, chomping at the bit to tell us more about how uh, candidates for the office of president have gone after each other in one way or another, using words like uh, raping women and putting children on stakes to calling someone homorphodidic. <laughs> Good Lord. And, and, and you know, uh, I guess, you know, in this day and age, like I said, it would be uh, a lot of really hurt people, people with a lot of hurt feelings and certainly uh, defamation of character and oh, slander yeah. and every other thing is I, I would think that you would almost have to be able to prove that to some degree. Well, no, it was just, you know, just like today, they don't prove anything. And, and, you know, as we were talking during the break, 
you got to bear in mind back then they didn't have Facebook and they didn't have radio. All they had was a newspaper. Can I do one more quick thing? Sure, because absolutely. I want to. I want to send a shout out to some friends of mine that are absolutely. listening. And that's the good folks over at Culligan Lake of the Ozarks. I've been a Culligan customer for a whole lot of years, and I've been dying to uh, uh, to play this little nugget uh, for you here this morning. Be sure to call your Culligan man. All right. Hey, Culligan man. There you go. I just thought that would, would be a little fun. He's apparently very you know, popular. Uh, folks with uh, high-quality uh, H2O in your homes and your businesses. They Problems? Test your water I think my toaster died. Well, the average toaster is only good for about that, 10 years. Uh, really? Same the big for this, this and that. Gracious things wear out nice fast. Actually, Culligan's got the opposite problem. The cooler, their water conditioners last too long. Uh-huh. What's more, yeah. if you buy one now, you pay later. 90 days later. That was from a commercial, a series of commercials that they used to run. Back in the 70s. Yeah. So, we venture on with the uh, true history professor, Professor Jim Paisley, talking more more about some of this nonsense that went on between uh, folks that were running for political office, in particular. Is it making you sink, Rusty? It just doesn't get any better. You know, you couldn't couldn't make this stuff up. That's what I love about history is some of the stuff that comes out, you think, oh, my God. Goodness, how did this happen? Well, back to Jefferson and Adams. You know, it, they're already slinging this mud at one another, you know. And basically, what you see is Adams, you know, he's sitting there and, and firing rockets back at Jefferson. Well, Jefferson claimed that Adams wanted to marry off his son to the daughter of King George III and create an American dynasty under British rule. You know, no truth to it, but hey, you know, we'll say it anyhow. Now, the Jefferson haters called the challenger a fraud, a coward, a thief, and a mean-spirited, low-lived fellow, the son of a half-breed Indian squaw sired by a Virginia mulatto father. I mean, like I say, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, today, you know, they, they, uh, they're tame compared to what it was back then. And like I say, this stuff would be put in the newspapers, and then the newspaper would travel up and down the coast, and people, there it was in writing. Usually they got it a week or two after it was said, uh, so there's no retracting it tomorrow. You know, it's, it's out there. It's in the printed word. And a lot of people couldn't read back then, and they actually had people in the town square that would have the newspaper, and they would come to the town square and read it for everybody. So that's how you, you got your news. And this was what was the headline news, this sort of thing. Now, after such a nasty election, Congress passed the 12th Amendment. And they said, you know, maybe it's not such a good idea that when we hold an election, first place is president, second place is vice president. I mean, and can you imagine today if you had uh, Biden as president and Trump as vice president? Well, how how do you think that would have gone, right? Uh, not as smoothly not well, as, right? as we had uh, anticipated. Right. So let's jump ahead to another one, Jackson and Adams, all right? Now, <clears throat> basically, those Adams boys were pretty scrappy fellows. This is the, the oldest son of John Adams. This is John Quincy Adams, all right? And Andrew Jackson ran against Quincy Adams in 1828, and it wasn't pretty either. Adams' previous term had not been very successful, but he was prepared to sling a little mud as well. He and his handlers said Jackson had the personality of a dictator, was too uneducated to be president. They claimed that he spelled Europe, U-R-O-P-E, and hurled all sorts of horrible insults at his wife, Rachel. 
Now, Rachel had been in an abusive marriage with a man who finally divorced her, but divorce was still quite the scandal back then. Right. Okay. And the Federalists called her a dirty black wench, a convicted adulteress, and said she was prone to open and notorious lewdness. <sighs> Like to take her top off in public. I guess so, you know. I mean, now, on their end, Jackson's people, they fired back and said that Adams had sold his wife's maid as a concubine to the Tsar of Russia. I mean, so you needed to cast whatever, casting. whatever you want to make up, throw it out there. You know, how, how bizarre can we get now? Jackson actually won this thing handily. Uh, you know, he won the election. So let's move forward to Lincoln and Douglas. All right. And we're all familiar with the Lincoln Douglas debates mm-hmm. back in 1860. And even Abraham Lincoln was dealt with his share of this mudslinging, but he was pretty good at dealing it out too. Now, although it's normal and expected for candidates to stump across the country in any little small town that'll have them, 1860, it was considered a little tacky. And Stephen Douglas chose this tactic anyway, but claimed that he was really just taking a leisurely train ride to, uh, from uh, the District of Columbia to New York to visit his mom. Now, Lincoln and his supporters took note of the fact that it took him over a month to get there from D.C. to New York. All right. And basically, what they did is they decided it would be fun. You know how in the milk cartons they used to have the lost child things with milk cartons? Well, that same theme is what Lincoln and his boys decided to do. They said, well, you've got Douglas wandering all over out here. He's supposed to have just gone to see his mom, but nobody's seen him. You know, he's jumping around from one town to the next. So they turned around and handed out handbills that said, lost child. And they said he left Washington, D.C. sometime in July to go home to his mother, who was very anxious about him, and seen in Philadelphia, New York, Hartford, Connecticut, and at a clam bake in Rhode Island. Answer to the name, uh, answers to the name of Little Giant. Talks a great deal, very loud, always about himself. Now, <laughs> so there, here's Lincoln referring to this guy as the little giant who's a lost child. And we need everybody to be out there trying to find him. <laughs> so, again, you know, these guys were clever. They came up with all sorts of stuff, you know. And they called him little giant because he's a little short guy. He was only five foot four. Wow. So they referred to him as the little giant. You know, and, and I mean, if this doesn't harken back to uh, the Trump debates, you know, where he had a name for everybody, you know, and and so it, it is it, it's pretty hilarious when you start looking at it. Um, he was also, you know, Lincoln also said that his opponent was about five feet, nothing in height and about the same in diameter either way. <laughs> Great. Now, Douglas wasn't going to sit there and take that. So he took aim at Lincoln. And he said he was a horrid-looking wretch, sooty and scoundrelly in aspect, a cross between the nutmeg dealer, the horse swapper, and the nightman. You know, he also said Lincoln is the leanest, lankest, most ungainly mass of legs and arms and hatchet face ever strung on a single frame. Wow. <laughs> Don't you just love it? And like I say, you can't make this stuff up. No. I mean, they just, you know, and, and you know, again, when when I was in school and they were teaching me history, I always envisioned these guys as being, you know, above everything. You know, they were very prim and proper. And, and now you sit there and you, you, you see the real history and what really took place. These guys were, were something else. I mean, politics was at its prime back then. It was almost the farthest thing from... from what they 
really needed to be talking about. Exactly. Exactly. Now, let's jump ahead to 18. Little boys on a, in the school oh, playground. Yeah, yeah, my dad's better than your dad kind yeah, of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, let's jump ahead to 1884, Cleveland versus Blaine. Now, who knew that Grover Cleveland was a Bill Clinton of his time? All right. Cleveland, during his campaign, stories of his lecherousness were plentiful. One was verified, though. While still a bachelor, he fathered a child with a widow named Maria Halpin. He fully supported the child. So really, by today's standards, it wouldn't have been a big scandal. No big deal. Right. Nevertheless, the Republican Party, who supported the candidate James Blaine, took this and ran with it and made up the chant, Mama, where's my pa? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, they are slinging the mud. Now, Blaine wasn't an innocent himself. He was accused of shady dealings with the railroad, which was confirmed when a letter was found in which Blaine pretty much confirmed that he knew he, that, that he knew he was involved in a corrupt, corrupt business. And at the end of the letter, he said, my regards to Mrs. Fisher, please burn this letter. You know, so, yeah, they didn't have the ability to hit delete back then. So they just burned the letters. All right. How about Hoover, Herbert Hoover in, in, in 1928? Here he is. He's running against Democrat Al Smith. Now, <clears throat> Al Smith lost pretty bad to Herbert Hoover, largely due to one reason, his religion. At the time of his election, the Holland Tunnel in New York was just being finished up. Now, Republicans told everyone that the Catholic, Smith, the, the guy running against him, had commissioned a secret tunnel. Are you ready for this? A tunnel 3,500 miles long, <laughs> all right, from the Holland Tunnel. What they were digging was a tunnel from the Holland Tunnel to the Vatican in Rome, and that the Pope would have a say in all presidential matters. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, you know the tunnel they're digging up there? Yeah, it's really going to the Vatican, mm. 3,500 miles. Now, it didn't matter back then that we couldn't dig a tunnel through, you know, a hillside. But, you know, it sounded good, right? Now, <clears throat> also what I thought was really funny here is that we turned around and and basically it probably didn't help matters that Babe Ruth was a Smith supporter, Blaine Smith, all right? Al Smith, I'm sorry. And basically, he decided he wanted to have Babe Ruth, you know, out there stumping for him. Like, you know, like just like we see with celebrities nowadays. Well, that didn't work out so good. Because what happened is Babe Ruth would show up at these political rallies, usually with a mug of beer in hand and had been drinking all day long, <laughs> wearing a, you know, a grungy old T-shirt. And if people said something to him and opposed his viewpoint, he'd just sit, sit there and tell you to hell with you yeah. and walk off. So, you know, it, it, he, was, he was famous, but he, uh, you know, he didn't know anybody anything. And like I say, you know, you got you get your chief, you know, sports figure there who's basically, you know, show up, have a good time, drink a little beer, and tell people, you know, I don't give a damn what you do. So <laughs> that didn't work out so good, right? Now, you can even go back don't to the very the first bu- election, you know, and that was none other than George Washington, which was literally no contest. I mean, organized political parties hadn't even formed yet, and George Washington ran unopposed. Remember, Don't he was appointed. Don't miss the boats. So his victory this is the only one in Kansas ancient City. history to feature 100% of the Electoral College going to the president. All right? The real question in 1788 was who would become vice president. And this time, like I say, it was the runner-up. 
which I just found fascinating. Right. You know, yeah. Which, like I said, go back in any of the past, you know, elections in your lifetime, listeners, and think about what would have happened if the president won and the vice president would be his opponent. How you think the, the government's dysfunctional now? Holy cow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's uh, kind of interesting in that. You know, in 1800, they ran into a problem in that, forget the hand-holding piece of George Washington's first runs, political parties were in full swing at this time, and they battled over huge issues like taxes and states' rights and so on and so forth. Well, Thomas Jefferson ran as a Democrat-Republican, quote, Democrat-slash-Republican candidate against John Adams as the Federalist, okay? And so what happened was, at the time, states got to pick their own election days, so voting ran from April till October, folks. You think we got problems now, you know, with this early voting thing? April till October, all right? Now, <clears throat> because of the complicated pick-two voting structure in the Electoral College, the election ended up a tie between Jefferson and his vice presidential pick, Aaron Burr. So you have both guys are on the same, in the same party, but they tied, Okay, so which one of them gets to be the president? Now, one South Carolina delegate was opposed or was supposed to give one of his votes to another candidate, so as to arrange for Jefferson to win and Burr to come in second and become vice president. But the plan somehow went awry. The guy didn't do what he was supposed to do. All right, so both of these guys wind up with seventy-three electoral votes. All right, so we've got a tie. We're going to have to have a runoff. All right, so you got Jefferson and Burr tied. Now that sent the tie-breaking vote to the House of Representatives, not all of whom were on board with a Jefferson presidency and a Burr vice presidency. And for seven days they voted, okay, at the House of Representatives. But Jefferson finally pulled ahead of Burr. And this drama triggered the passage of the 12th Amendment, okay, that from that point forward, you got one guy running for president, one for vice president. We weren't going to play that game again. But, I mean, these guys voted like 30-something times. I mean, it was ugly as all get out, all right? Now, things got even more nasty in 1828. And anything, you know, that involved Andrew Jackson was liable to get dirty, but the 1828 electoral uh, battle between Jackson and John Quincy Adams took the cake for mudslinging. Jackson had lost out to Adams in 1824 after the Speaker of the House, Henry Clay, cast the tie-voting, tie-breaking vote. Okay? Now, when Adams chose Clay as his Secretary of State, Jackson was furious and accused the two of a corrupt bargain. In other words, you vote for me, break this tie, I'll give you a position in my cabinet. <laughs> And that was before the 1820 election, 1828 election even got started, when Adams was accused of pimping out an American girl to a Russian czar. Nice. Nice, huh? Jackson's wife, Rachel, was called a convicted adulteress because she had, years earlier, married Jackson before finalizing her divorce, divorce to a previous husband. Rachel died after Jackson won the election, but before his inauguration, at her funeral, Jackson blamed his opponent's bigamy accusations as basically the reason for her death. He said, may God Almighty forgive her murderers, as I know she forgave them. Great. Yeah, so, I mean, you got the guy actually accusing his opponent of murdering his wife. 
Now, to round out this rough election, Jackson's inauguration party was open to the public. Now, (laughs) here again, this is back in the days when they just opened up the White House. So roll out the barrel. So they opened the White House out, up, and here they are. They're having inauguration parties. And just to give you an example, the paper reported it as ladies fainted, men were seen with bloody noses, and such a scene of confusion took place as is impossible to describe. Okay, so everybody got drunk and had one heck of a time at the (laughs) big party, right? Yeah. So, you know, you got to sit there and think, oh, my God, you know, why did I not – why did nobody tell me this and when i was studying history right now i'll leave you with one final one and this is great 1872 running against a corpse now of all things in 1872 the incumbent ulysses s grant had an easy run for a second term the reason why because his opponent was dead (laughs) <laughs> now you know it's trouble when you when you got to run against a guy that's dead and you, you're not sure you're going to win right now grant had the election in the bag even before his opponent horace greeley died however the incumbent won 286 electoral votes compared with Greeley's 66 after election day. <laughs> so 66 electoral votes went to the dead guy. But on November 29, 1872, before the electoral votes were in, Greeley, like I say, had died, and his electoral votes were split among other candidates. And Greeley remains the only presidential candidate to die before the election was finalized. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here again, you you sit back and you think to yourself, you know, they talk about Biden, how old he is, you know, well, you know, and, and you know, maybe he'll he'll live to be 100. But you sit there and think, what would happen? Well, now we know. Right. I mean, we've had a guy or Ulysses Grant ran a guy against a guy that was dead. And he still managed to get 66 electoral votes. Right. So, you know, <laughs> so, you know, like I say, you know, wouldn't history have been so much more fun in high school if they'd have taught you this stuff? You know, it's uh, well, it goes back to what we talked about before when uh, we were talking about uh, Sarah Josepha Hale. Yes. Yes. And how many people learned about Sarah Josepha Hale in in high school or junior high or middle school or grade school? Quite frankly, I want to say maybe not that many folks. Right. And, you know, the thing was is is I don't know how it was when you were in high school, but, you know, tr- folks, I hated history. I did. You know, it was names and dates you had to memorize, uh-huh. you know, usually caught, taught on Fridays by the coach, uh-huh. right? <laughs> <laughs> and and the thing was is, is there were no stories. No. But then, you know, I was very fortunate when I first started school to have a guy that told stories in, in college, and I've been that way ever since. Well, Jim, unfortunately, uh, we are up against the clock. And, caller, I apologize for not being able to get to your phone call, but uh, we've got about 30 seconds left in the program, and that's enough time to tell you, number one. Thank you, sir, for your contribution to the cause. Thank you so much for having me today. Love it. Great, great, great history lesson today. And I hope folks uh, take some of this away and share it with their friends. And, of course, there's uh, TrueHistoryProfessor.com that you can check out for all of this as well. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock right here on 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. Going to be a bit of a chilly